something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down wake up in the morning and even when you're a kid and you look around and you see things that bother you, you see things that are stupid that don't make sense and you say, I want to do something about that, you know, I don't want to be a zombie and, and, and sleep through my life. I want to have an impact upon the world in which I live. Given the severity of the crises that we face right now, uh, what has got to happen, and I, uh, I don't just use this rhetorically, we need a political revolution. And I'm beginning to see the seeds of that developing in this campaign, where working class people and young people begin to understand that it is imperative that they participate in the political process. What a field day for the heat. Here's the truth, and I'm the only candidate maybe will ever say this. No president, not the smartest, best human being in the world, can do it alone. You cannot take on this, the power that is in Washington, the billionaires and their lobbyists, the military-industrial complex, all of this money and power. You can't do it. You need a mass movement of Americans who say directly, if you don't make college education affordable, you're out of here. If you don't end these huge tax breaks for the rich, you are out of here. 
So what we have got to do, and I call it a political revolution, is raise political consciousness in this country, make people aware of what's going on in Washington, the importance of politics, get them involved in the political process, and have them stand up to the big money interests who today have so much power. In the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, top one-tenth of one percent should not own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%. Everybody in this country should, in fact, have at least a minimum and dignified standard of living. People are angry and they're frustrated. So somebody like Trump comes along, and what does he say? He says, you're angry and you're frustrated? It's that black guy there. That's the guy. It's Mexican immigrant. Yeah, we got to keep him out. Or, you know what, it's the... Muslim across the street, you know that woman I was putting on her head? That's your enemy right there. And you play on people's fear and anxiety. This is the oldest story in the book. Oldest story in the book. Teachers on strike, no more school today. They want more money with the poor The air is so polluted that it's hard to breathe
everybody knows that racism has existed from day one. I mean, you know, think about what people who came from Europe did to the Native Americans, the atrocities committed. Think about the horrors of slavery. Uh, think about what we did to the Asian folks who came to build the railroads and the Asian Exclusion Act. Think about discrimination against Italians, uh, Irish, Jews, uh, virtually everybody else who was not like uh, you know, the people who were here. What we have got to do is create economic policies that improve the lives of all of our people. All of our people. All of our people. Glowing in the light of my life Singing to the stars in the sky Glowing in the light of my life yeah. Talking in the way you hear
colors of blue This place This land This earth You seem to think This place your home Do you treat it well Settlers in this land Driving your wisdom down the street You're missing points Cause you ain't been Canada yet Beauty babe, why do you hide That we're some preserve You make stash on There is no debate, sadly no debate, that from day one, from the first day that settlers came to this country, the Native American people have been lied to, they have been cheated, and negotiated treaties have been broken. We owe, we owe the Native American people so so much. The first Americans, our Native American brothers and sisters today, live in many cases on ancestral lands which they have called home for thousands of years. Others live on lands where they have been moved forcibly by federal policies throughout our history. Despite the existence of negotiated treaties which coerced tribal nations into ceding, as we all know, millions of acres of their homelands to the United States in exchange for guaranteed rights, many of those rights have not been upheld. The United States government has a duty to ensure equal opportunities and justice for all of its citizens, including our first Americans. And let us, let us be honest, again, let us be honest and acknowledge that we are not doing that today. Washington should never act on issues of importance to the tribes without being in consultation with them. Finally, the federal government must protect Native American cultures. Tribal communities must be empowered by providing resources to protect and revitalize indigenous languages, religions, 
cultures and traditions. The culture of the Native American people is so rich, is so extraordinary, that all of us will gain by preserving and enhancing that culture. I pity the country, I pity the state, and the mind of a man who thrives on hate. Small are the lives of cheats and of liars, of bigoted news press, fascist town crime. Deception annoys me. Deception destroys me The Bill of Rights froze me Jails they all know Frustrated our churchmen The saving of soul men The tinker, the tailor The colonial governor They pull the palm They're seeking to draw me Away from the roundness of the light Civil servants, they thrive off my body. Their trip is with power, back begging and welfare. Please, they arrest me, materialists detest me, pollution chokes me, movies they joke me, politicians exploit me. City life that jades me Hudson Bay fleets me Hunting laws freak me Government is bumbling Revolution's rumbling To be ruled in impunity Is tradition continuity I pity the country I pity the state And the mind of a man who thrives on hate Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown Accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing Come 
writers and critics who prophesize with your pen and keep your eyes wide the chance won't come again and don't speak too soon for the wheel's still in spin and there's no telling who that it's naming and the loser now will be led to win for the times they are changing come senators and congressmen please heed the call don't stand in the doorways don't block up the hall for he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled there's a battle outside and it's raging It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times, they are a-changing Come mothers and fathers throughout the land Don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters I'll be under your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one If you can lend your hand For the times, they are changing The line it is drawn The curse it is cast The slow one now Will later be passed as a present now will later be past Your old road is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times they are changing This land is your land, this land is my land From California to the New York Islands Todo para todos, nada para nosotros This land was made for you and me We can't go forward unless we're honest, okay? And the history of the United States toward Latin America for a very, very long time has been the role of a powerful nation, the strongest military in the world, saying, we don't like that government, we're gonna overthrow it. And chaos and, and mass murder often take place afterwards. The United States cannot continue to go into Latin America and overthrow or try to disrupt in economic reasons yeah. countries. Those decisions have got to be made. The future of each country has got to be made by the people themselves, not the United States. And furthermore, in recent years, for whatever reason, we have not been aggressive enough in working with the governments and establishing the kind of partnerships that we should. There's a lot of improvements that have to be made. Siempre fui para ti un sueño ideal cariño que yo no supe comprender para ti 
palabras de amor que me enviabas tú, porque mi ángel disparó una flecha profunda en tu corazón y de tanto dolor que el Dios se la quitó y ahora soy yo y en Volvió, hiriendo mi corazón, hiriendo mi corazón, hiriendo mi corazón, hiriendo mi corazón. Desde que sentí tu ausencia, pude comprender tus penas que se volvieron las mías. Ahora que te estoy queriendo. Sentí tu ausencia Pude comprender tus penas Que se volvieron las mías Ahora que te estoy queriendo You know, it's funny sometimes how so many mistakes seems to get across people to a country that that is so far advanced in the world. You know, we seem to be able to do everything but get along. There's even a bit of humor in it when you think of such people as Agnew. Here's something that may sort of break it down to you.
to save the ghetto child. If we'd get off our ass, ten dollars a man yearly, think a while. Twenty million times ten would surely then put our brothers free. One congregation with better relations would demand more respect from society. Just something to put on your mind. I think we live in a world where technology is radically changing, right? There is pretty good evidence that the NSA uh, records, not records is the wrong word, but uh, keeps track of the phone calls uh, that millions of Americans make, uh, that they get into your emails and into the websites that you choose to visit. Uh, that is a scary situation, all right? That's what we call the big brother type society where government knows everything about you. But by the way, it's not only government, it's corporations. You know, they know the products that you're buying, the books you're reading. So today, the government and private corporations have more knowledge about your life and my life than anyone would have ever dreamed of 20 or 30 years ago. We have got to change that. A free society means that you're free. You do what the hell you want. Live your life. Unless you are threatening people, you're into violence or terrorism, government has a right to stop that. But as a free individual, no, the government does, should not be knowing the phone calls you're making or the books you're reading.
When you talk about foreign policy, you're talking about many, many things. But maybe the most important thing that you're talking about is war. Uh, and voting to go to war is the most difficult decision that any member of Congress has to make. I'm not a pacifist. And, uh, and I understand that sometimes you do have to go to war. But I think war is the very, very, very last option. I was I'm the former chairman of the Senate Veterans Committee. Most people don't know that. People know that we lost 6,700 brave men and women in Iraq and Afghanistan. They don't know that 500,000 came home with a post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury. And they don't know what that has done to those individuals and to their families. So before you go to war, you explore every other option. That would be the basic tenet of my foreign policy. And uh, if you talk to the CIA, and if you talk to uh, the Department of Defense, and I have, what they will tell you is that one of the great security issues facing this planet is the fact that uh, as we see more and more drought, as poor people around the world are unable to grow the food they need to survive, you're going to see migrations of people and international climate. And I happen to believe that when you talk about foreign policy, at the very top of the list is the need for the United States to lead the world, to work with China, work with Russia, work with India in transforming our energy system away from fossil fuels uh, and into energy efficiency and sustainable energy. And this is not just a quote-unquote environmental issue. This is also a, national, a global national security issue as well. I happen to agree with Pope Francis and with virtually all of the scientific community. I'm a member of both the Energy Committee and the Environmental Committee. I listen to what the scientists are saying, not only in America, but around the world. And that is, climate change is real, it's caused by human activity. Look at California, it is already causing devastating problems, not only in the United States, look at Pakistan, heat waves. It is an international crisis, and I have to tell you, without being overtly political here, it is an embarrassment to me that we have a major political party called the Republican Party, which with few exceptions, refuses to even recognize the reality of climate change, let alone is prepared to do anything about it. That is an embarrassment, that you have a major party refusing to listen uh, to science. Look, we have got to come up and answer a simple question. Are the scientists right or are they wrong? If they are right, they're gonna tell us, they are telling us that the planet Earth will be five to 10 degrees warmer by the end of this century, Fahrenheit. That will cause cataclysmic changes in terms of drought, extreme weather disturbances, rising sea levels, um, acidification of the ocean, international conflict. If they are right, I believe they are right, we have got to move in a very, very bold way. We have to do it yesterday. Let's understand that climate change, the United States could do everything right. We can transform our energy system tomorrow to significantly cut back uh, on carbon. And yet, if other countries are producing enormous amounts of carbon, the game is lost. It has to be a global commitment. And I think with the role that we can play with our scientific community, is to work with these countries and talk about a win-win proposition. Can in a few years solar be actually cheaper than the uh, uh, more mature forms of energy, coal, oil? I believe they can. Uh, wind as well. But we have got to start investing in the kinds of technologies which are useful not only in America, but work with China, work with Russia, work with India. Uh, these countries need energy. There's no question about it. No one should go to them and say, you've got to cut your energy in half. What we should be able to say to them, we're going to work with you to transform your energy system to make sure that you have the energy you need to maintain a strong economy. But it is not in India's advantage, China's, Russia's advantage, 
to destroy this planet. Nobody gains from that. And I think many of them understand that. of a person would you like to see as president of the United States? Well, I would like to see somebody who has the guts to begin to stand up to the people who own this country, recognize that in our nation today we have an extreme disparity between the rich and the poor, that elections are bought and sold and controlled by people who have huge sums of money. So my first concern is to have a president who has the courage to look reality in the face and say that we need some radical changes in this country so that every American can have the opportunity to have a decent standard of living and live a decent life. But essentially, uh, I would like to see somebody who speaks for the, for the underdog, for the people who don't have decent health care benefits, somebody who understands that in America today, 50% of the people don't even vote anymore, and the vast majority of that 50% are poor people and working people who have given up on the system. So essentially, I would like to see a candidate who has the guts to have a vision that America could be a land for all people, not just the land controlled by the super rich. When we talk about big money controlling our society and the political process, and the fact that the run for president of the United States, you need to bring in 100 or 150 million dollars, which as we all know, by and large, is going to come from corporations, and you're going to have to pay them back by doing the tax breaks and the other giveaways that corporations receive. Uh, one of the problems that we have is, is the media. What we're looking at is these huge corporations swallowing the book publishing firms, the movie houses, the magazines. And who is going to be talking, presenting an independent voice that is free of big money? Of course, the reality of that is that you have situations such as television, and the major function of television, by and large, is not to educate people, not to entertain people, but to bombard them every other minute with a 30-second ad selling them one product or the other. The news itself is becoming entertainment. So when we talk about big money controlling this country, it's not only the direct political process, but it's how we even learn about what's going on in this country. The system wants to keep us dumb and ignorant. The real issue is not whether you're black or white, whether you're a woman or a man. The real issue is whose side are you on? Are you on the side of workers and poor people, or are you on the side of big money and the corporations?
But I know 